The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. May God's word only be spoken. May God's word only be heard. Amen. Please be seated. This morning I'll start with a story. Since our gospel doesn't give us much of a a story, does it? Um, I'll tell you a story. My family and I moved from Huntsville about a month ago, and the house that we lived in in Huntsville was at the base of Green Mountain and had a big flat backyard, and we have two dogs um, who love to play outside, and so we decided when we wanted to have a garden that we needed a fenced-in area to keep the dogs out so that we could have a garden. And so Sam, my husband, and I built a picket fence. Sam did most of the work. 
I did the designing, um, that was 12 feet wide by 24 feet long. And so it was a manageable sized garden. We planted tomatoes and okra, cucumbers, some rainbow carrots, uh, some herbs, some other fun stuff. And the beds were edged with rocks. Uh, Sam likes to do rock work, and so we have beautiful rocks around the different areas of planting. And so one day after work, I got home and it had been raining that day. And uh, I had taken my shoes off and went out in the backyard to walk into the garden to pick some cherry tomatoes because those cherry tomato plants generate a lot of those tomatoes. So you have to pick them daily. So I go out with my bare feet and I'm walking into the mud and that mud is oozing up between my toes. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool sensation and I don't really want the mud all over my feet. And before I know it, I was on the ground. My feet went out from under me and I hit the ground, okay? So I come inside with a bruised ego and some smushed tomatoes and told Sam that I had just fallen in the garden, but I was not hurt. And he said, oh, I knew that was going to happen. We need some stepping stones because it gets so muddy in there so that we have a path to follow. The stepping stones create that steadier foundation, right? Um, to guide us where we need to go through the garden. And so as I think about the readings that we have had through our lectionary for Advent and into Christmas, they have served for us as stepping stones, preparing for the coming of Jesus. We heard from prophets and angels, right? We heard from Mary. We heard the Magnificat and her song of glorifying God. We honored her motherly love and her enduring strength. We heard from Joseph and saw his steadfast faith in the face of the unexpected. These stories have served as stepping stones preparing us. If you came to the Christmas Eve service where the children at three o'clock on Christmas Eve were decked out as angels and shepherds and sheep and a cow or two, they all served as stepping stones telling the story. And now, this is the first Sunday after Christmas, we're in celebration mode. Maybe you're exhaling with relief that maybe your family has left town. Maybe the boxes and trash are out on the street. There's a little bit of quiet. All the candles on the Advent wreath are lighted and glowing. We sing songs about the birth of baby Jesus, and we rejoice that God is with us. And to help us marvel in the miracle of God's presence among us, we proclaim this gospel according to John. See, what it is, is it's another Genesis story. It's another birth story, but it's very different. It's not the traditional next stepping stone we would expect. John's gospel has these elements of surprise and uncertainty. It's more abstract and more theological than other stories of Jesus' coming that we hear in Luke and of Matthew. And even though when you hear those words, you may think they're beautiful and you don't quite follow all of them, because I don't always follow all of them because it's a whole lot, they're still important stepping stones from the message that John the Evangelist gives us today. So what we hear is the prologue from the Gospel of John in these 18 verses. 
In a nutshell, it's these two things, this disclosure of who Jesus is and what Jesus came to accomplish. So who is Jesus? According to John, he is proclaimed to be the word, right? The logos is the Greek there. And logos doesn't just mean word. Logos is the root of logistics, of logical. Logos also means the meaning. It also means the rationale. It's like, it's not just a one word. It's a conversation. It's like a paragraph. It honestly goes on for 2,000 years, right? The, the, the word, the logos, is not just one word. It's a relationship. And yet, the birth story of Jesus in John's gospel is presented in this same mystical, poetic beautifully muddy way, right? That's why we get to look at this as providing us stepping stones because to get into our heads that Jesus is divine and human all at the same time can get us into some really muddy territory. So we hear from John, all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being. Again, he was in the world and the world came into being through him. These are words of creation. These are words of beginning. These are words of birth. And John lays out for us, yet the world did not know him. So it's a different kind of birth story, right? That which is foretold isn't quite so clear here. It's muddier. The stepping stones are guiding us into seeing Jesus' divinity in this space. How Jesus is outside of time. Jesus is with God. Some recognized him and accepted him. Others did not. Even today, some recognize Jesus, some do not. Some moments I recognize Jesus and other times I do not. Right? We're all living in this limbo sometimes. So that's the divine stepping stone. And then we have the human stepping stone. Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh, became human and lived among us. Not just near us, not just visited us, not just God putting on human clothing to hang out, but lived among us and lived as a full human. Leading us into that next stepping stone which is the personhood of Jesus. And in his humanity, that's where we're able to see those gifts of grace and truth. Through the humanity of Jesus, he is full of grace and truth. That word grace is charis. It means gift. Truth is like faithfulness, dependability. He's full of gift and faithfulness. And, John writes, Jesus is the true light shining in the darkness. Like the star, right? Like the image of the star. So while it's a different birth story, there are themes that pull all of this together. But what about the second part? So we've talked about who Jesus is according to the Gospel of John. But what about the so what? What is he here to do? 
And John names it. Jesus came to accomplish this, to enlighten everyone with the true light that shines brightly against the contrast of the darkness. The true light, not the sunshine that gets attenuated by leaves filtering through the window, not the lights that don't work when the power's not on, not the candles that when the oil runs out, it doesn't shine so brightly. The true light that cannot be quenched by the darkness. If you are familiar with the daily office of the Episcopal Church and other traditions, um, a part of evening prayer includes a hymn uh, called the Phos Hilaron. Phos is the Greek word for light. Hilaron is the root of the word hilarious. So this doesn't mean funny light, but that Hilaron means gladdening or gracious or stirring in this emotional way, this gladdening light. That is the light that John is talking about. That is this hymn that was written before the third century even. And it's the hymn that we say or sing as candles are being lighted during evening prayer. You can find it in your Book of Common Prayer, but I want to read just a little bit. It's on page 112. It's in the order for evening. And in response to that gracious light, we say, you are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices. O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. That is the true light we're talking about. This light is so warming of our hearts because it is the light of complete inclusion. For those who see it and believe, we are adopted as children of God. Not just at one point in time, but that invitation is extended to all of us across time. We are adopted as children of God, not because of our bloodline, our lineages, who we know, or how hard we work, or what we know, or what we wear but a, it is a gift of grace from God. Jesus has bestowed these gifts of grace and truth. See, those gifts of grace and truth bring us strength and courage. They brought strength and courage to St. Stephen, for whom this church is named. St. Stephen stood tall and bravely, doing wonders and signs as we read in the book of Acts. He did not back down from persecution, and because of it, he met his end through stoning in the streets. But he was filled with God's grace and truth. I'm not suggesting you all go out into the streets to get stoned. Don't get me wrong. But that, that gift of grace and truth gives us strength and courage when we least expect it. God's grace and truth draw us near as we cry out to God, Abba, Father. We cling to that, to that hope, to that light, as we trust the darkness in our own lives will not overcome us, whether that's a darkness of poverty, a darkness of addiction, a darkness of fear. And when we cling to that light, we stand bravely, courageously transformed. 
We who once were slaves, as the Apostle Paul writes, we who once were slaves are now children, and if children, we are heirs of God. We have been brought into the fold. We have been adopted. Our family tree is forever changed so that we lift up our eyes to the hills and up toward Jesus, who died and rose again and ascended into heaven. You see, these stepping stones draw us together. These stepping stones that have guided us through Advent and into the joy of Christmas show us God's faithfulness. These stepping stones show us God's mystery and glory. They show us God's overpowering welcome and inclusion, and they show us God's transformative power to bring each of us into the fold. And so we are empowered to share that transforming love with others, not because of what they can do or bring to our community, but because the grace and truth brought in the flesh from Jesus the Christ was first given to us. And we get to invite others into that joy as well. Merry Christmas.